Good evening. Today we're learning Maseches Babakama Daf Lamites, continuing in the same theme. What happens if my animal uh, is a relatively normal animal and it gores the animal of someone, as we learned yesterday, who's a goy, or if it was a case of my animal that gored an animal that belonged to Hektish. We also spoke, spoke about a case yesterday of my animal goring an animal that's a kusi. Do we say that the kusim were gere arayo, saying that they converted out of fear of lions, or do we say that they were gere emesheim v'chule v'chule? Today we're going to be discussing yet another version of my animal is normal, and the animal that uh, that it gored was not normal. Let's see what the case is. Top of Lamed Tesamud Aleph at the new Mishnah, three lines down. Shor shel pikeach, shenogach, shor shel chereshot tevekotan chayim. The halacha is that, let's say my animal, that I am normal, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bar das, and my my shore is nogeach, the shore of a person who's a cheresh shote or katan. So the halacha is that they're chayiv. Why? Because I have das. The fact that my victim doesn't have das doesn't mean that I'm not chayiv. It's not. That doesn't make any sense. I did something wrong. However, if a cheresh katan has an animal, how do they have a kenyan if they have no das? Maybe it was bequeathed to them, but it's they own the animal. However, however they own the animal, they own it. But because they have no das, therefore, if the animal of a cherishot of a katan gores my animal, and I'm a pikeach, I'm a bar das. The halacha is that they're pater because they're not a bar das. That's comment number one of the mission. Comment number two sounds like a stira to comment number one, and will become the crux of our gemara. Shor shall cherishot of a katan shenagach. If we have an animal of a cherishot of a katan shenagach. A line ago, we said that that they're putter for that Misa. Over here, we say, Bezdin ma'amidon l'anapotropos, that Bezdin will appoint for the cherishot of a katan, an appointee, someone to manage their family estate. Umi'idin l'hem bifnei apotropos, and Edus is given in front of the apotropos, who kind of functions as a bilim of sorts, and therefore, seemingly, some kind of payment will be made. We don't yet know what that payment is, but certainly, line number one of the Mishnah, where it says that when a pikeach, when a, when a cherishot of a katan damages a pikeach's animal, that their putter, this line seems to certainly conflict with that. And the last part of the Mishnah is very interesting. Let's say that the Cheresh became healed. The Shote became healed. Or if the child gets gets older, now he's a Bar Chiyuva, now he's a Bar Das. The animal is Chazar Letamusa Divir It's a restart button on the animal. Right? But what does it have to do with the animal? So the answer is that we know, and we saw this already earlier in the Masechda, is that an animal can't become a muad without the das of the bailam. You can't have three occurrences without the bailam knowing. They need to have an opportunity to rectify the situation of their otherwise docile animal who's not behaving wildly. So if you only find out after the third occurrence, that doesn't make the animal doesn't make the animal uh, into a into a muad. They're still a tam. But here, even if they were a muad, they get thrown back to their original phase of tamus. Rabbi Yossi Omer, no, harehu So whatever his original status was, it was and it remains. If you have a shore that was uh, paraded around for the sake of intentionally goring, the word itzadin um, is a reference to stadiums, a very interesting uh, alignment of an old word with a modern English word. Uh, the words do line up fairly well, itzadin and stadium. The Gemara says that if you have an animal like that, then enochayev misa, the halacha is that that shore, if he kills, uh, there's no chiyuve misa there, as at least as it relates to the bailam shenemar kiyigach lo sheyagichuhu. That's if he gores on his own, but you provoked him. The matador holds up the red sheet. You're asking him to gore. So if that animal gores, that's that's not normal. That's not that wasn't what the pasuk meant. In other words, so the dinim are going to be different by a stadium animal versus a regular animal, and that is the. So that would apply to different animals too. Let's say like Let's a, like like a dog that's 
praying to kill. Yeah, that's correct. I'll give you an example. When I was in Israel last two trips ago, we went to Caliber 3, which is this remarkable place where the Chayalim train, and they showed us this amazing thing about a dog, one little whistle, one little snap. The dog like lurches through the front window of a car and barks and bites whatever he needs to do. So if you take that dog and that dog goes and kills someone, that's not normal. That's not a normal behavior like you're saying. It has to be that it's kiyigach on his own volition, but not shiyagichu, that we made him gore. That's the deal from the Pasuk, and it seems to be Ladina. It would be true, therefore, like you're saying, of any animal, that if the animal would normally have a din of Tom versus Muad, those rules don't apply to an animal that you've trained or that you have provoked into damaging. The Gemara opens a quarter of the way down with a stira in the Mishnah, as pointed out already. Hagufa Kasha, the Mishnah itself has an inherent problem. What was the ratio? Amris, we had said, The first thing that we had learned was that if a if a animal kills my animal, we see that in the Resha, in the Resha, we said two dinim in the first case of the Resha, we said that if my animal gores a Kherishot of a Katan's animal, I'm Chayev. And if a Kherishot of a Katan's animal gores my animal, then they're Pater. There we didn't appoint uh, an apotropus. That's what the Gemara says. Alma, migufa. We do not appoint, seemingly, we do not appoint an appointee, someone to manage the animal of the Kherishot of a Katan and the Resha. Yet, Ema Seifa, Shor Shal Kherishot of a Katan Shenagach, Alma, what do we see from the second case of our Mishnah? We do therefore see that even in a case of Tam, even in a case where an animal was otherwise docile, and in this case it damaged, we therefore do appoint uh, an appointee, someone to manage the Kherishot of Bekotan's animal, and therefore we have a steer in our Mishnah. The Reisha seems to say, Ein that we don't appoint an appointee to manage the animal of the Cherishot Vekaton. But the, the second, the Mitzias of, of our Mishnah says, not like that, the Mitzias seems to say that we do appoint. What? So the Gemara responds halfway down. Omar Rava, Hachik Tani. You're correct on your question. We just have to make sure that you're not an Amaharetz in the answer. We have to make sure you understand what's going on. What does the seifa mean when it says that we are ma'amid and apotropus? Rav explains. Oh, if they get a chazaka, then they are now naghanim. They're a goring type of animal. Namely, that they're in the category of a muad. When they start really misbehaving, let's call it three times of attacking, then and only then ma'amid and lehan apotropus. apotropus. And only after we appoint an apotropus do we have this possibility even of an animal becoming a muad. Now we understand. And just to say it in a balabatish way, the resha, where we are not ma'amid an apotropus for a cherishot v'katan, is a case of tam. It's a regular case of damages. There we're not ma'amid apotropus. But once the animal really starts to misbehave, Bezdin says, we can't leave it like this. We can't. This, it's dangerous for the community. So the Bezdin says they have people on their list of apotropism and they got this guy. You're in charge of family X. Their animal's uh, going crazy. Once they appoint the apotropus to animal X, which is, again, the mitziosa, the middle case of our Mishnah, that's when we're able to then establish that animal as a shorha muad, in which case the... Uh, 
whoever whoever's responsible for the finances, this guy Lachora would then take a check from the Cherishot of Akatan's estate and write a check to the victim for whatever damages were done. But here now we're talking about Muad, so that's 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 Nezek Shalem. And and Nezek Shalem is always or almost always paid me aliyah. It's almost always paid from the property of and not Migufo. <clears throat> that's clear. The first case is Tan, second case is Muad in our mission. Me'aliyah is another word for Avis? No. Me'aliyah, when we talk about Nezek Shalem, means that you have to pay back the full value of the animal. When we're talking about a Tam, and the Din is Migufo, so the Tam's halacha is that you have to pay Chatsi Nezek. And when you pay Chatsi Nezek Migufo, I have to give you Chatsi of my animal. However, when you're paying me gufo, if my chatzinezek doesn't reach that 50% mark of your animal, I'm no longer to pay anymore. I don't have to. If my animal is worth 80 and your animal is worth 100, so your animal, your chatzinezek should be 50, I can only pay you 40. That's it. When you pay me aliyah, you always have to get to the top dollar of your animal. It's an objective standard. It's not based on, on my animal. So that's what me aliyah means in this masechta in general. Mm -hmm. So the Gemara says, me aliyah asman. Who is the one who's actually paying the bill for the Cherishot of a Katan's animal's damages. Who is it? The Gemara says two-thirds of the way down, Rabbi Yochanan Omar, me'aliyas yisomen. It comes from the estate of the of the Yisomen. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yossi Barchanina Omar, me'aliyas apotropis. They say it comes from the aliyah of the apotropis. So in the first case, we're saying it comes from the people who are having these challenges. It's interesting that, interesting that it calls them Yisomen. Uh, but the Gemara basically is referring to these people. Who are the Cherishot of Akatan? And then and, and then Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Karina says, No, it's the Apotropus who's paying. Says the Gemara, Umi Amar of Yochanan Hachi. Does Rabbi Yochanan really say that it comes from these uh, from the Yisomen? The Amar of Yehuda Amar Ravasi. The only time we tap into the Nichse Yisomen is when they're being crippled by ribis payments from old transactions. But what's missing from Rabbi Yochanan? Is our case. What's missing from Rabbi Yochanan is the case of uh, of the Yisomen. That's not mentioned at all. So the Gemara says you're right, and therefore Epoch, maybe we should reverse the Shitas. Rabbi Yochanan Amar Me'aliyas Apotropsin and Rabbi Yosi Barchanina Amar Me'aliyas Yisomen. The Gemara says this is not a good answer. Amar Ravim Mishum Dekasha. Rabbi Yochanan Ad Rabbi Yochanan, because you struggle to understand Rabbi Yochanan's Shita, you therefore kick the can down the road to Rabbi to Rabbi Yosi Barchanina. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, was it Rabbi Yossi? Rabbi Asi. Mm -hmm. Whose name was it? Rabbi Yossi. Thank you. Rabbi Yossi Barchanina. So says the Gemara, that doesn't make sense. Mashvi Slayla Rabbi Yossi Barchanina Toa. The whole sheet doesn't make sense, Bichlau. You can't say the case of Yisobin. After all, Rabbi Yossi Barchanina, Daina Huvenach Islam Kodadina. Rabbi Yossi Barchanina was known for being a Dayan and known for going all the way to the very depths of the Halacha. Could you imagine just the clarity? Like whenever somebody asks you a Sugya, the whole sugya lives in front of you. Not the psak, not just the Mishnah Brura, not even just the Shulchan Aruch. Your brain goes Pasuk, Mishnah, Gemara, Rishonim, Early Achronim, Shulchan Aruch, Shachs and Tat. The whole thing is, is laid out in front of you like a crystallized structure. That's what it means. Uh, that we have to know Torah. That's our bar. Our bar is not just psak. If you want to be a posik, you have to know sugya is cold. And that's a big problem. I have asked this question when we were in, in, in Gross. I asked this question to every visiting Rav. How do you make sure that you know how to answer all the shilas that come your way? Some people gave me good answers. Most people didn't. Some people said, you'll keep a notebook. There's only 250 shilas a year that people actually ask. We just repeat them. There's a massive Pesach section. 
there's a medium-sized Hilchos Nita section. There's a, that's what he said, yeah. But that doesn't make you a posek. That was what I didn't like about that. That doesn't make you a posek. The only thing that makes you a posek is sitting and learning sugyas aliba de hilchasar from A to Z and just not forgetting things. It's great. Perfect that's setup. That's all. Rav Shechter from YU says this all the time. He says, to know kola Torah kula, that's one bookcase, no big deal. <laughs> that's what he said. I'm like, actually, Rav Shechter, it's a pretty big deal. I don't know about you, but you don't forget things. It's a very big bookcase. And uh, that's that, that doesn't even include postkin. That's just Tanakh and that's whatever. The basics, as it were, Mishnayis, Shas. He said, I've said this here before, Rav Herschel Schechter said, if you want to be a postik, you have to know every single shach in your day, every single task. You have to know them at your fingertips. It's honestly annoying at some point. Like, it's not normal how much they know. It's not normal. It's not normal. I'm a kind of, that's, I, that's my real kina in life. I'm not jealous of people's. What? The test that they hear for Smichat's father, that he, are, they're known for being pretty difficult. Good, yeah. Shachter said that if, the, if there's no question of it, it makes him stop and think a little bit, it's like not hard enough, he doesn't want to write his name on it. So I don't know what it takes to make him stop and think, but his mm -hmm. tests are known for being very difficult. One year, I think, because we had our twins that one year in Gross, I had missed like a bunch of Siddharim before Bechina. And Rav David Miller, the Rosh Kola there, he said, just take the Rabbanut Smicha for whatever topic it was. It was like a Hilcho Shabbos thing. It was, it, he said, open notes. I'm like, open notes. No problem. It took me like 30 hours to research every single element of a question. Hardest test I've ever taken. And I got a 52 in organic chemistry. This was much harder. At least if I, in organic chemistry, if I would have had the book open or closed, it wouldn't have mattered. I didn't understand it. My dad was in Chicago and he knows that stuff called I'm in New York. It doesn't help. There was no FaceTime. I couldn't have him cheat for me. I was stuck. Here, I at least knew where the Mario McComas were to find them. Like, as I, whatever. Impossible test. Impossible. And there's nothing that these people don't know. The caliber is so high. So that's what the Gemara says about Rabbi Yossi Bar Hanina, that he wasn't just a dive. What didn't he know? Every aspect of the, he was Mahapech. He knew everything perfectly in his hands. So it couldn't be that that was the case. <clears throat> How then do we understand who pays in a case of muadus for the animal of a cheshot of a katan? Keep it, keep it the way it was before. Well, mazik shiny. The case of mazik is different. You're right in general that that's true, but in that is in general we would say that when there's when there's a payment to be made, it's me'alias apotropis, no problem, that's fine. But a mazik shiny, Rabbi Yochan Arma me'alias, some of the amers me'alias apotropis, if you want to say that the person pays from the apotropis, what apotropis is going to take on that job? Who's going to want to do that? Uh, by the way, you're going to go watch over family X, their animals out of control, and if something happens again, you're chayef to pay. What apotropis is going to want to do that? Rabbi Yossi Bar Amar, he says, don't worry, it is me'alias apotropis, but they can recollect the money before they depart their job. Once they get older, here clearly referring to a katan, that once they get older, they can uh, they can submit for a reimbursement for all of the muad, the muad payments that they've made over the years. Now, we had said that our Mishnah, that the Resha was a case of Tam, and the Seifo, the, the Mitziyasa, the middle case of our Mishnah, was a case of Mu'ad. However, the Gemara actually debates whether or not that's true. Lama Testament based three lines down. In regards to our first case of the Mishnah, um, whether or not we assign an Apotropis, a manager for the Cherishot of Ekatan, even in regards to Tam, 
even in regards to the docile animal, just the first uh, blush uh, of violence with the animal of the Chershot of the Katan, that is Tanoihi. That's actually a Machlokes Tanoi. So really, in the workflow of our Gemara, this is answer number two. Because answer number one was Tom is case number one, Muad is case number two. And Tom, we don't have an apotropis, and Muad, we do. Here, he says it's a machlokas in the first case as to whether or not we have an apotropis. The Tanya. Two-part b'risa. Shorshin nishar shu ba'alav. If the nishar shu ba'alav, their owner became nisharish, a cheresh. V'nishtatu ba'alav, the person became a shote. V'shahalchu ba'alav l'medina sayam. Or if the animals were left alone. And um, the uh, the masters uh, of the property went out of town. This is a machlokas tanaim in this case. Yude ben Nakusa Amar, Sumchus, it should be Sumchus Omer, Arehu betamuso, Nothing doing until Edus exists for uh, in front of the Bailam. Namely, we're not Ma'amid and Apitropis for them, it, whatever it is. They can be violent all day long. Bezdin and nobody, nobody assigns an apotropus in this case. However, So we see here that perhaps the Gemara is saying that our second answer is valid. We wanted to say initially that the ratio of our Mishnah was Tam, and the second case of our Mishnah was Muad. Says the Gemara over here, maybe the second case of our Mishnah is Muad, but the first case is as to whether or not we say in a case of Tam that we appoint a manager for the animal of the Cherishot to the Kata. Says the Gemara, and now we're talking about the safe of this Brisa. So that let's say the Cheresh became healed, the person who was in a crazed state became healed. The Higdila Katan. He became a gadol. Right. Yeah, he became a gadol. Or the people returned. A little bit interesting. Not all four of these cases were presented in the Resha. We left out the case of the Katan in the Resha. I don't know why. But in the Resha of the Brisa, five lines from the top, it says, Nisharshu Bailav, Nishtahatu Bailav, Halchu Bailav, Medina Sayam. It left out the case. I don't know why. I'm just raising the question. And I didn't notice it until about four seconds ago. You never become a cotton other than Just call it out. Just say what the problem is. Well, no, it doesn't quite fit. These are all cases where they became. Oh, that's very, that's correct. You're correct. He's, no. Right? Time was short. She's Shin's Harshimala. Al became a hair. She wasn't originally. Okay, he became a Shota. And then he. Don't, never becomes a child. But Bishal Chubai of the Medina Sayam. Societal comment noted. <laughs> Got it. Thank you very much. I hope that everybody on uh, YouTube picked that up. Um, but isn't the din the same with the katan? But the, the I understand. I, I understand the categorization. The answer is I think so. Yeah. It's. I assume it just doesn't. It's fit just odd. Into the. And why needs karshim? should have the same din. He does have the same din. He has no das. It's like. Yeah, no, that's for, I mean, for sure, I think. I mean, you're right in the categorizations that it doesn't become a katan. That's true. Okay. I just think as a memory aid in memorizing the I would have thought the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what the Gemara says, that if this, uh, if everyone either gets healthy or the, the he's higdil a katan, uh, or the person returns from out of town. Rabbi Yehuda ben Rabbi And here we have a machlokes about sumchus. What does sumchus say? Chazar 
He goes back to the Tam state and only can become worse with Edus. Can't become a Mu'ad without Edus. So in the Reisha, where we see that there's a machlokas between Yehuda ben Nekusa in the name of Simchus and the Chachamim, that's where we see a machlokas in regards to the animal of Echei Rishot of Ekatan, who's a Tam, as to whether or not we appoint an Apotropos. And the Gemara, a quarter of the way down, analyzes this brysa with a couple of Nekudos. The Gemara says, Amru, they said, and there's a little bit of a note here, which is... Uh, which is Amre, it's not Amru. Amru is usually like a language within a brisa. Amru lahem. Here it's, it really should be Amre. They said, meaning we're about to ask a question, my, what was meant by the phrase Harehu Betamuso? The phrase Harehu Betamuso was used by Sumchus in the Resh of the brisa, six, seven lines down, where he said that if a person was, let's say, Nisharesh, she became a Cheresh, then we said the animal remains a Tam. What does that mean to Kamar Sumchus? What was he talking about? If you want to say that it means that it's impossible for this animal to become a muad, that can't be. Because we said in the Seifa that if an animal, if a person is healed, then an animal is chazar tamuso, then it can go from the muad status back to tam, implying that there is a moment where you can actually, where the animal actually can become muad. So Ella Maiha it can't be that he can't become a Mu'ad. What does that phrase mean? Ella says that, I'm sorry, it doesn't say Ella. Uh, the Gemara therefore says, Harehu Bitmimuso, it remains in its fullness, that we don't deduct any money. That means that there are no payments that are made in this initial phase before an animal becomes a Mu'ad. Alma, the, by virtue of the fact that we see that no payments are made, what does that show us about an apotropus? It must be that there isn't one. So says the Gemara, Alma ein ma'amid an apotropos latam legabos migufo. We therefore see that the shita of Rabbi the shita of Simchus, again, party line, because we already saw this, but he clearly holds that ein ma'amid an apotropos, that there is no apotropos in this case. And if an animal, if if the animal of a cher shotev damages the animal of a pikeach, of a baradas, the halacha is no payments, nothing. Tom, as long as the animal has no bilem watching over it, it's always a tom. There is no apotropis, and therefore, because there's no apotropis, there's no payments. What does it mean in the Brisa when it says, That's the end of the Resha. There, Alma, what do we see? By virtue of the fact that it talks about that shows us we therefore see the Gemara's second position on our Mishnah that perhaps in the Resha of our Mishnah, when we talk about a case of the animal of a Cherishot of a Katan, goring the animal of a Bardas, we see here that there's a Machlokas between Simchas and the Chachamim as to whether or not we're Mamid and Apotropis. Um, in regards to the case of a Cherishot Vakatan's animal who is causing some damage. Okay, so two approaches in our mission. Here, the Chacham holds this bar as a mood, right? Mm -mm. So there's an apotropos, no? No, but that he can become a muad. It's actually the machlokas really is in a case of where damage was done as a tum. If we're mom in an apotropis and, and it wasn't at the first time an animal gourd, he only pays chatzinezek. So level one is that we the 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 estates of the Khirshot Bakatan through the Apotropus would have to pay for the Khatzinezek. The second thing that can happen is moving down the road a little bit is that the animal can become a muad. Masha'inkin, if you didn't have an apotropis, not only would they not pay Khatzinezek, but they certainly wouldn't become muad. So it enables a couple of things. 
All right, and this brysa that we saw, remember the brysa then turned gears and 12 lines down or 10 lines down, it said, or if the cheresh got healed, if the shote got healed, if the gadol became, if the katan became a gadol, if everybody came back in town. There we also saw machlokas in the, between Sumchus and Rabbi Yossi. So it says the Gemara halfway down, almost exactly halfway down. We'll be going uh, to Memam at Aleph about 10 lines down at the two dots. We still have a little ground to cover. The Seifa b'mayka What was going on in the Seifa? Says the Gemara. Fascinating discussion. Rishus meshana ikabenayu. We're discussing when the ownership of an animal changes. Not ownership in person, but when the person who wasn't functioning as a bardas becomes a bardas. That's what the machlokas is about. So let's just talk about the case of a person who's, who's a shota. And I'll just use modern terminology. If a person typically takes medication to regulate psychosis, and now they're not taking their medication, and they're currently in a psychotic state, they are not a bardas. When their medications are now working perfectly, they're a bardas again. There are plenty of people that we all know who, uh, who deal with these things every day, and they're totally regular people when they're medicated. When they're not medicated, they're not a bardas. When they are medicated, they are by no problem. Normal. Normal. However, what happens when you go from not being a bardas to being a bardas is rishus mishana. When you now become healthy again, does that mean that your animal reverts back from its muad state back to a tam state? And that is where there's a difference in the seifa. Says the Gemara, Sumchos holds that when there is a change from unhealthy to healthy, from cheresh to non cheresh, from shota to non shota. Sumchus says Rishus is Mishana, Rabbiosi Sava Rishus Enu Mishana. And Rabbiosi's language in the Mishnah was Harehu Bechez Kaso, the animal stays. Just because the Bailim, are, the, the, the Baal is no longer a shota, what, what does that have to do with the animal? The animal's dangerous. So I could I could come up with a svara that the reason why Sumchus would say that Rishus is Mishana is because once the owner has Das, he'll say, why is my animal misbehaving? Oh, there's a hole in the fence. Now that I'm well, I can build. Now that I'm a bar Das, I can build a fence. I can put on a leash. V'chule, v'chule, v'chule. So there could be, and this I didn't say in the Rishonim, it's just a projection that the real machlokas about Rishus Mishana is that now that I'm a bar Das, perhaps I'll do a better job of watching my animal. And that's why they're having a machlokas about that. That brings us to a new brisa halfway down, of course, connected to what we're learning, which goes as follows. Tanu Rabbanon, Shor Shenagach. Reb Yaakov Mishalem Chatinezek. Reb Yaakov should pay Chatinezek. Says the Gemara, Reb Yaakov, my avitte. What did Reb Yaakov do that Reb Yaakov is paying Chatinezek? Says the Gemara, Ela Ema, Reb Yaakov, Omer Mishalem Chatinezek. Lest you think that we're the only ones with typos in Shas, this is expressly written in Shas that the word Omer was missing from the Brisa. So it makes me feel a little bit better that we're not the only ones who struggle with text and the Defusim Yishanim versus the Defusim Chadashim. Even the Ozva Hadar compared to the old versions of the Gemara that have changes. Yesterday we learned about the censor who spoke about Kanani versus Nachri. We have a lot of challenges in the in the baselines of Shas, which is why sometimes learning a Sugya Halacha Lamaisa can be very, very difficult. Can be, in this case, it's not so bad. But Kanani might mean Kanani and not Nachri. <laughs> it's just not Pasha. So Shiva Amin. Before you missed it, you just flipped the word Omer and nobody flipped. Right, right. Rashi writes over here, don't make that mistake again. But somebody quoting somebody else, and he noticed it often, he does the second. That just happened at the top of the page with Sumchus. Right. But here it's odd because Rabbi Yaakov was only presented as, right. as the payer. 
it was never presented as the starter. There's a very odd presentation, but I'm, but my point is that this is in the text of the Gemara. It's not like on the it's side and such such. Yeah, the, that that's the right. Correction. That what? That you don't make the correction and say, "Oh, it must be meant to say Omer." Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Says it that's correct. Uh, oh, I see what you were saying. I thought you were saying he meant it in the long run. He meant it in the Havamina. Okay, good. Anyways, what did he do? Ela Rabbi Yaakov Omer Meshalim Chatzinez. Okay, let's just simplify the din that in this case of Khershot Vikat and Shinagach, the animal has to pay Khatzinazik. This matches up with nothing we've learned. Nothing. So says the Gemara Bemayaskinan. What is the case where we have a din of Khatzinazik? Ibitam, if you want to just say that this is a regular case of an animal that's a tam, um, I mean Pshita, we're on Daf Lamates of the Masechta that speaks about Tam and Muad. Everyone knows that a Tam pays Khatzinazik, that's uh, ABCs. So the Kulay Almanami, Khatzinazik, who the Mishalim, everyone would agree in a case of Tam that uh, there's no Khirish there. That can't be what the Mishnah means with Rabbi Yaakov. Can't be that it's coming to teach us a basic din. If you want to say that our Mishnah is talking about Mu'ad, so then let's analyze it from a Shmira perspective. If the person did very good Shmira, no reason for him to pay a penny. And if he didn't do a good enough Shmira, then he has to pay Nezik Shalim. But do we have Chatzin Nezik? Either it's pshita, and therefore that can't be what it means, because you would it, it, either it's tam and it's pshita, and therefore it doesn't make sense, or it's muad, and there's no such thing as chatzinazik by muad. So which case is it? So the Gemara says two thirds of the way down, and really we're talking about the brayse of Rabbi Yaakov where he says chatzinazik. This is a huge break from the rules. This is a case of muad, and we're saying that the din is chatzinazik. How in the world does this happen? This is a multi-step process, says the Gemara as follows. How in the world do we have a case of an animal that's a muad that causes damage that's only obligated to pay chatzinazik? Says the Gemara, You did a fine job. You did an adequate job. But you weren't, you weren't, stuck. you didn't do a great job. We weren't, we're not like, yay, you did extra care. You were average. You hit the minimum threshold. You know, in Illinois, you only have to have a little bit of uh, car insurance. Okay. You're not a tzaddik. You're just, you're following the law. But there's, there's a smarter way to do this. So this guy only did a mediocre type of uh, shmira on the animal. Now, that doesn't mean that it isn't muad. So how do we get to chatzin ezek? So now we have to, uh, layer in a couple of things. Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov, who in our b'risa was the one who said Chatzinezek, holds like Rabbi Yehuda, who says, that at the very least, in regards to this case of Shmir, you still have to pay the Tom aspects no matter what. That's part A. And part B is, this was an acceptable version of Shmira. This is a totally new reality. That means that because the Shmira was acceptable, he doesn't have to pay Chatzina, he doesn't have to pay Nezek Shalim, but he must still pay the Tzad Tamos Shebo, he must still pay the aspects of the docile part, meaning at a minimum he would have had to pay any pay that, and therefore he has to continue to pay that. This is a three-pronged answer to get us to the conclusion that Rabbi Yaakov says we're talking about a case of Muad, and the punishment is only Chatzin Ezek. But the three, the three layers that we need is to say, number one, the Tzad Tamus still applies. Uh, number two is we have to say that the Shmira Pchusa is considered Shmira. And step number three is there must have been an Apotropos because it's a case of Cheroshot Tevakata. It's unbelievable. Why have we never seen this in the Masechta before? I, that we have a case of Chatzin Ezek that applies from a, a Muad act. It's uh, very rare. 
It's a lot of blood. It's a third of the Masechta. It's a lot. Also, I would have met, I mean, I, I don't learn all the toasts with him, or I didn't learn most of the toasts with him, but maybe there is like, oh, but we see. I know, it doesn't, yeah, I know, yeah. Just say you're not, all right, you should have learned Shas already by the time you're, <laughs> yeah, everything is still there, yeah. Okay. Says the Gemara, Amr Le'abai, below Peliki. You don't think that there's a machlokes over here? How can that be? Vatanya. Sure, Shalcher Shotevikatan. Uh, and let me just re- let me just articulate the question more. We said Rava gave an answer that our case of Rabbi Yaakov, where there's Chatzinezek, is talking about a case of Muad, and Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Huda. That was what the Gemara presented. The Gemara says, You think Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Huda are on the same page always? They are definitely not. How do we know that? If you have an, an animal that belongs to a Chershot Vekatan and it gores, Rabbi Huda says that they're chayev. Rabbi Yaakov Omer, Oh, Abayi calls this out. You said just now that Rabbi Yaakov is quoting Rabbi Yehuda, and that's how we got to the din of Chatzinezek in a case of Muad. Says the Gemara, says Abaye, you can't do that because we have an explicit brisa that Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaakov argue with one another. One says Mechaev, which implies Nezek Shalim. One says Chati Nezek, which is Chati Nezek. Yeah, they don't yeah. agree. Yeah. So it's a great kasha on the mm-hmm. first approach of the Gemara. Mm-hmm. The Gemara says, yeah, but you didn't look very carefully. Let's look back at this Brisa. We're 15 lines from the bottom. Look at the language. He obligates him to pay. Rabbi Yaakov Omer how much does he have to pay? Meaning Rabbi Yehuda is being mefaresh Rabbi Yehuda. He's saying, what did Rabbi Yehuda mean when he said mechayev? That's fine. It's not a stira. It's not a machlokas. So we wriggle out of the Abaye question by saying that it must be that uh, that there, one was just explaining the other. Says the Gemara, but wait one second. According to Abaye, who clearly didn't accept this response, he didn't like the answer that Rabbi Yaakov's shita was simply clarifying Rabbi Yehuda's shita. So then, according to Abaye, who says that there is a machlokas, what is the machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaakov? Says the Gemara, 10 lines from the bottom, on Lama Testament Beis, Omar Lach, Abaye would explain as follows. We are dealing with a case where the animal is already gored multiple times and the animal is a muad and the bailim were completely irresponsible. He undid the leash. That would be a case of mazik. He left the door to the gate of the lion in, in you know, the lion cage open. Irresponsible. And Rav Yaakov agrees with Rav Yehuda in one case and disagrees with another. How so? Rabbi Yaakov agrees with Rabbi Yehuda. He agrees that the Tzad Tamus Shebo, at a minimum, the minimum payment of my animal, goring your animal, should be the Tam payment, which is 50%. And he disagrees with the following of Rabbi Yehuda. agrees that there should be an Apotropos there. Rabbi Yaakov Savar and when Rabbi Yehuda adds in an apotropus, that turns the payment to Tenezek Shalin, because as we pointed out earlier, an apotropus can uh, can be there long enough 
in order to establish that the animal of the Chershot of Katan is Mashalim Nezek Shalim. So Abaye looks at this whole sugya and says, no problem, I understand Abaye perfectly. Abaye says, I've got it. He says, Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion of Nezek Shalim. The formula for Rabbi Yehuda to get to Nezek Shalim is the Tzad Tamus Shibo without an apot- uh, with an apotropus. So the Tzad Tamus is natural, and the apotropus adds in the Mu'ad component, that's Nezek Shalim. Ma'ashe'enken, according to Rabbi Yaakov, the Tzad Tamus Shibo is there and you should pay, but there's no apotropus to make him into a Mu'ad, and that's how Abaya understands this machlokes between them. <clears throat> Three lines from the bottom. We've got about 12 lines to go. Amar le Ravacha bar Abaye le Ravina. I understand the approach of Abaye to say that there's a difference between Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yaakov. But according to Ravo, says there's no machlokes. We've spent so much time establishing this brisa of Rabbi Yaakov to be like a muad. We could have understood this brisa to be talking about a docile animal that pays chatzinezek. And what would the chiddush have been? Because if there's no, if you just say it's tam, there's no chiddush. The Gemara says on the top of Mem Aleph, if you want to say that we're talking about Rabbi Yehuda, he has a standard of shmir b'chusa versus shmir me'ula. Hold on one second. This ratio. That should be Rabbi Yaakov. Is it Rabbi Yaakov? Someone in the art scroll there? Uh, we're 10 lines from the bottom. We're on the top line of Mem Amarali, the very Rabbi top. Huda. Rabbi Huda? Rabbi Huda. Okay. I was right the first time. But I, I don't understand that, but let's try and figure it out. Ella the Rabbi well, this is part of the brisa that follows, but um, I still don't understand it for another reason, but we'll discuss that in a second. So how could we have understood the brisa of Rabbi Yaakov as, as, as a case of Tom, of dealing only with a non-violent animal? Says the Gemara, where the standard of Shmira, oh, this taka does make sense, uh, where the standard of Shmira is Pchusa. You just have to do a minimum, close the gate, lock the gate, put a padlock on, that's enough. Below but it wasn't excellent. Uh, and Ilar Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov, the low Abilashmira Klal, in that case as well, the Tanya, where do we see the case of Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov? Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov, Omer, Echad Tam, Echad Muad, Shamran, Shmir, Pchusa, Pturin. That you're going to be Pater in such a case. That says the Gemara, well, Kamashmal and Rebbe Yaakov, the Mahmid and Lahana Putrop and the Tam, Lagabos Migufo. Maybe, says the Gemara, the Chiddush of the Bryce of Rebbe Yaakov is that even though normally a Chirishot of a Katan is Pater, but here there's an apotropus in the case of Tom. Maybe that's what Rabbi Yaakov's brisa was teaching us. That would have been a beautiful way to explain the brisa. So it says the Gemara, no, you can't do that. Omar lehachi ka'amar. Chada de tarte taima. Really what we're doing is we're answering the brisa and teaching two dinim. Number one, we're teaching that the brisa of Rabbi Yaakov is talking about a case of muad. And number two is we're teaching about the fact that there is and apotropus. It's a bigger chiddush, and that's why we're going with this case. Says the Gemara, Ravina Amar, that there's another possible way to understand uh, how uh, Abaye's question from above uh, about whether or not there's a machlokas between Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Huda. Ravina Amar, that maybe they agree in principle, but still there's a difference between them. Similar, like we said before, that maybe there's a difference between Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Huda in regards to Rishus Mishana, which we pointed out is when the Cheresh becomes healed, when the Shota becomes healed. 
or where the katan is uh, becomes a gadol. The Gemara says, the animal was a muad, it was already declared as dangerous. The animal does not change. And Rabbi Yaakov Savar Rishus Mishana, he holds. He holds that it does change. So one way or the other, whether or not we agree with Abaye's approach that there is a machlokas or with the other Amoraim's approach that there isn't a machlokas, Ravina adds another possibility that maybe fundamentally they do agree and there is no machlokas in general, but there still is enough kamina in regards to their shitas, which is in regards to Rishus Mishana. Mir Tzashem, tomorrow night we'll pick up in person at 8.45. Today's Monday, tomorrow's Tuesday. So tomorrow, 8.45 in person. Wednesday, 8.45, but only on Zoom. Thursday, I don't know. And Shabbos with David Merzel. Wishing you all a beautiful night.